Today's guest is Mike Horner, and Mike has been just a uh, mainstay in adult uh, films for the longest time. We're pleased to have Mike here. And so uh, we'll continue with a uh, question. I want to hit Tara up here. We have some international guests here, and I want to uh, make sure we hit them. Um, anyway, Tara's from Canada, and she makes all those wonderful pictures. Uh, she does uh, some photo editing. You may have seen this photo before. She did that. Uh, make sure it doesn't glare there. And then uh, she also uh, did that one. It's a real nice one. Anyway, she does her editing. Of course, I've got one that was the, from the Brady Bunch that was uh, not the Brady's, but uh, some great roles that Mike has played. Tara, let's have your question or comment. Um, hi, hi, Mike. Hello. Um, I wanted to know, uh, I was watching, uh, oddly enough, Superman tonight. And uh, I'm so excited because I get to talk to you and you actually play the Superman takeoff. Well, I, I played it several different times for different companies, um, all of those back in the early 80s. So they're a little bit dim. They stand out for a variety of different reasons. Um, I'm not sure which one you were referring to. It'd be kind of difficult. All of them. I was thinking of all of them. I, I just love them. Yeah. I love your look and everything. I actually did it one time Was where I didn't. Or I actually did it one time where I didn't even get to have sex. They decided it was uh, for Caballero, and they had John Holmes play him from the waist down and me from the waist up. But fortunately, um, Seika was wonderful. She was there, and we had sex anyway. She said, "Ah, go ahead." <laughs> so <it's, laughs> this is the most memorable one about that. The other two, I, I can remember the girls I work with, but I can't remember too much more than that. Boy, it's pretty dim. We're talking 1981, maybe. So. Oh. Boy, it looks good in the outfit and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't too too chubby at that point. I had uh, just graduated from college and had been a, a competitive gymnast. So I was, I could kind of pull it off and fake the muscles a little bit at that time, but not anymore. Oh, you still look great. Thank you. Okay. All right, Tara, thanks a lot for calling in. And Tara, like I said, is from Canada. So uh, that's kind of a cool thing. And I, we were going to have somebody here from, from England, but I don't know if they got the time zone mishmashed up or, or what. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. We've got some folks in the chat here that are going to uh, uh, want to ask some questions. I'm going to unmute Brett. And Brett has a question. Uh, hey, Mike, a uh, longtime uh, fan and admirer since the early 90s. Uh, you're definitely one of the legends of erotica. Pleasure to see you. I hope you're healthy. I hope your family is well. Yes, thank you. Good. I, I would like to ask you one of my favorites, uh, two questions, actually. One of my favorites, uh, the Adams Family spoof, the Madams Family. Yeah, um, well, uh, you, we were speaking of Herschel Savage earlier. That's one of the two movies I did where he was the director. Um, and uh, I remember, you know, some of the scenes, John Doe, uh, I remember, you know, goofing around with a sword fight with, with John Doe, who just stood there withholding because he was playing the, the lurch character. So he did nothing. Right. And I had a lot of fun on that, doing a lot of physical comedy, uh, playing uh, Gomez. So. And what, what are your memories of working with Trinity Loren? I know you work with her in the movie Beef Eaters. Yeah, uh, 
I only vaguely remember Beefeater. I did work with Trinity Lawrence probably a dozen times or more um, over about a three-year period, um, you know, late 80s, I guess. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit dim on that. Um, I know she, she did die uh, about 15, 20 years ago, uh, at least when I heard. Anybody knows otherwise, let me know. But um, uh, she was always nice for me to work with. Uh, and very, very easy. She was there for the sex. She was there. She showed up on time. She wasn't on drugs anytime I was around her. So, so she was good to work with. It's a pretty girl too, for sure. That's always the, one of the big treats. Thank you. Good luck and health to you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Brett. Uh, great to have you here. Uh, Pascal is on uh, a phone or he's on something that he can't really ask anything, but he, he typed this out says, Hey, Mike, always got a kick out of your sense of comedy and your trademark grimaces. Um, now, do you have any recollections of Nikki Dial? You worked with her together in Sex on the Piano and a nice outdoor scene in Shades of Blue. You had her poolside. I would love to hear any memories you have of Nikki Dial. Yes, <clears throat> I do remember Nikki really well. Um, there was a couple of Nikki's at the same time in the industry, so it always like takes me just a second to figure who's who. Um, Nikki was really wonderful to work with. She was a beautiful young girl. She was only 18. Um, she was there really excited to be in porno movies, excited to be having sex, excited to be having sex with an older man. Yippee! <laughs> oh, I wasn't quite so old at that time, but, but still, she was 18 and I was 40. So, um, and she was really, really nice, really, really nice person to deal with. That's really valuable. Um, I would say... The best thing to have in a female talent uh, uh, before beauty even is a nice person to deal with. And uh, she was really nice, really easygoing, and always there for me sexually and personally. So sure. I don't quite know what happened to her. So Jose Duval is with us. And uh, Jose, stand up and ah. show everybody your shirt. She's got a long jean silver shirt on. She just got in inducted to the Avian Hall of Fame this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good, and congratulations for finally getting, they finally recognized you. Good. <laughs> you remember, we worked together for, uh, I think it was T-Bone, uh, with uh, Samantha Strong and Nina yes. De Ponca. Well, I remember from quite a few things when both of us had, uh, 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 didn't have gray hair, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, we were working together, you were a professor or something like that. We were doing some uh, teaser that I could never see them. I, I tried to find them. You know, I saw uh, Jewels of the Nile. Okay. That was the main one that we are doing somewhere in the mountain over there. It was, yeah. it was very nice to work with you, by the way. Thank you very much. a great much. time. Uh -huh. Because I was replacing uh, P.T. P.T. Oh. was supposed to be casted in that uh, Jewels of the Nile. Okay. And uh, then he couldn't make it. So uh, I was shooting for uh, John Leslie. And they, they called John and say, Can you have somebody? I say, yeah, he's there. So they sent me in the mountain. And uh, huh? you worked with Samantha Strong. I did, yes. Uh, not too many times, actually. For Thank God. Reason, probably maybe four or five times tops. Even though Thank she was God. She's a, she was a, the real diva. Because well, she, she was, was. She was a challenge. She was always really nice to me. In fact, the first time she met, she said, oh, I've seen you in movies. I'm really glad I get to work with you. <laughs> so she was really nice with me, but I could 
I have many experiences with people that were not so easygoing. Yeah, no. But I was fortunate. We were there. shooting. We were shooting in a shower. You know, in our feet in the water with the lights and everything. And she said, "Stop the scene. I want my makeup." And I was there yeah. trying to hold my thing. <laughs> well, like, I did have that experience. The exact same kind of thing. Hold it. I want to fix my makeup. Right, right is we're supposed to be doing position number three or something. <laughs> yeah. so it could be a little challenging. But okay, it was it's nice to see you when uh, Pat said that you were coming. I said, oh, I was, uh, I put my wife to shopping. I said, no, I, I have to go on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we yes. have our priorities around here, Mike. People just move stuff. They just clear schedules and whatnot. So that's, a, <laughs> I, I feel bad. Like I Good said, to Jessica yes. Darling had to, uh, Jessica Darling had to do a, uh, uh, something else at work, and so it was a schedule mismatch, and and so anyway, Mike, I yep. certainly appreciate you coming in last minute. Let's check in with uh, Kathy Brown and see what Kathy Brown's up to. Kathy? Hi. Well, when I saw Mike was going to be the guest, I had to come here, too. Um, Mike, I don't think we've ever met in person. I was um, a writer in the industry under the name Ariel Hart, and funny that uh, Shades of Blue was mentioned because um, I wrote it. Uh, oh. So it's interesting to, and, and it was always nice to have somebody who could act. And you were just a really great actor uh, to be appearing in things that I wrote. So it was always fun. Yeah. And always nice. I, I think Tara could probably vouch for this too. Um, have, being a woman watching the films, it was always good to have a guy um, who was good to look at, uh, pleasant. You were always a gentleman in whatever you did. Uh, and that's weird to say in this business, but it was just a pleasure to watch you work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that was always really important to me. Uh, when I first got in the industry, there was quite a range of things. And I was definitely the, the young boy around. And I was, you know, you probably weren't writing scripts at that point. But uh, I sort of said, it's really important. Uh, part of my getting in the industry is is to be favorable with women and towards women both in in how I treated them, but also, you know, try to do sort of an equal thing sexually as much as possible, which is more like life usually anyway, because um, the industry obviously has more male viewers. So, so you know, tends to, to do what men mostly want. But I was, I even got into f fights a few times with directors who said, uh, oh, you know, and I said, well, I'm going to give her head. No, oh, you don't do that. You don't need to do that kind of stuff. And, oh, I want to kiss her. Oh, kiss, too romantic, things uh. like that. But uh, it was always important that I was clean and, and presented myself well to, to whomever I work with. And I do recognize you. We've met somewhere. I know I've seen your pictures. Yeah. But, but I do recognize you, with, like with me, with lighter hair. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but we saw somewhere, and I don't think it was a set. I think it may have been an industry show or something. Yeah, maybe at a convention or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. Long but you're time quite familiar. Ago, yes. Oh, cool. And thank you for all the, the script help over the years, because uh, nobody can be a good director when there's something impossible to figure out what's going on and mm -hmm. badly written. So it, the first step is always, just like it is in, in mainstream movies and theater, What's the written word? And then we can move on from there. And, and if I even get a couple little creative uh, uh, hints by the writer, then I can be cre creative and improvise. But but if I just get boy fucks girl. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of ways to go. 
Exactly. And PT used to tell me, uh, what are you trying to direct if I put too much in there? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, and, and often I put dialogue in the middle of sex scenes, which some people hated and some people loved. But if it yeah. had to do with the character and to get across what was going on, I mean, people like you could definitely get it across. Sure. Yeah, I got to say, sometimes I like that and sometimes they didn't. And it, it depended on how, how it was written and how well it worked out. It also uh, depended on what was going on in the set. If it was mm -hmm. a challenging set for some reason, where I was camera problems, so I'm having to get it up and down and up and down and up and down, then doing dialogue in the middle was not something I wanted to see. But if things are going smoothly, then that was just fine. And I enjoyed improvising occasionally as well. But rarely did other writers put in dialogue in the middle because I guess they were assuming, uh, don't push the envelope too hard. Don't make them do stuff they can't do. But sometimes it was really fun to have something else to help me with my character. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm wondering what a few of your favorite movies were. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, there was the, we mentioned PT a bit ago, and that was uh, the, several good movies I did for him. Uh, the, uh, oh darn, I even won a Best Actor for AVN, and I'm just blanking on it. I hate to say it, I've done 2,000 movies, and I can't remember too much, too many. I did a movie back in New York that I've spent three weeks flying back and forth because I was in theater at, at night, five nights a week, so two nights a week. I would fly back to New York and do sexually altered states. And it was one of the best best scripts I had, but it was a couple that had worked together on the script and as directors for two years. Mm. So they don't they were giving them stuff, but that was their own money and their own project. And so that was unusual. You, you and I as writers never get to work for two years on a script. No, that's a luxury. Yeah. yeah. So. Thank you. Sure. I wish I had a better memory. I'll, I'll, as soon as we stop here, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, and this, and this, and this, and this. Oh. So. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Great to have you along tonight. Thanks. Uh, Eric Monty is a 16-year veteran of adult films. Now, Eric, did you ever work with Mike? No, I never had the honor to in the place. I started on the East Coast, Mike, so then I came out to California a while, back and forth. But were you ever on the East Coast, Mike? Just a couple, Just a few times. In fact, Three of the four times were for that one movie I just mentioned. And only one other time was I flown back to do a movie, in, and it was all just New York City. Uh, but mostly I was in California. I was one of the West Coast guys from the beginning. Who did you work with in the East Coast? Joe Sarno or um, Howard Winters? Um, I worked for uh, Ron Sullivan the one time, um, although at that point he had already was really mostly working on the West Coast. But, um, but he had a project back in New York, and I did. And then, uh, oh, boy. Ron Dorfman. Oh, uh, Ron Dorfman. That's the person. Yeah, thank you. I, I um, yeah, yeah. That, that was the one I went back for three, three, three weeks in a row, basically, to shoot little pieces and bits, gradually he, building the movie. He was the director of my first major film, Good Girl, Bad Girl, Ron Dorfman. There's a oh, yeah, okay. My, there's a question my friend wanted me to ask you, and I... Back in the, you might probably won't remember, but you were doing loops back in the late seventies, eighties with Cavallero and and the pretty girl. There was a really pretty young brunette girl. She did one other loop with a black guy, and my friend's an attorney, and he said he met and talked to you one time. You remember it, but this, you remember I'm talking. She's a real pretty young girl, and she was it was a loop. It was a quiet, silent loop. You know, I guess you don't remember her. I guess not. You know. Wow, that that's that's even harder than the features because yeah. I did several hundred loops, 
probably did probably did 75 before I did my first feature of any yeah. significance. But uh, th those didn't have names. We were, yeah. I would be a 20 minute sex scene, take a break while somebody else did a sex scene. They would change the blankets on the bed and then I would have another sex scene. One other thing, who, who are your favorite uh, ladies to work with? Two or three that you really enjoyed working with? Wow. Um, I, several women I was dating. <laughs> You're going to guess me again with a bad memory on on women. I always like Selena Steele. Um, I, the, the two women I work with the most, both were always one of some of the best actresses. Um, uh, Ashlyn Gear, who I probably work with 50 times. And then also, um, uh, oh, <laughs> the other one I work with 50 times. Being on the spot here, I'm going to forget, but I'll remember in just a moment. But those the two women I did the most work with were also among the better actresses. And that was partially why we were put together. We were in playing husbands and wives and more complicated dialogue things. So of course we had to be, we were put together because we need two people who, who carried the movie dialogue wise. And I think I actually, a couple of times I probably worked for Eric Edwards with, with Ashlyn gear. Cause that was that time period when he was directing and I, and she was working uh, all the time. Um, so, um, any of the women that were that were better actresses tend to be tended to be more mature and kind of take what they were doing more seriously. So even though I may have worked with uh, you know someone like Veronica Hart a couple of times, she was great to work with. And 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 any of the women that were really good, Gina Fine kind of made me look bad sometimes. She was such a really fine, uh, serious actress. Although she flattered me one time and said. I, I, I'm really good at drama, but you got me on comedy, which is... About I was one of her early... Uh, uh, I was in New York when she first broke in. She had a punk rock hairdo. So oh, okay. New York, yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, I remember. She was a good actress. She had Gina Fine, yeah. Yes, she was yeah. one of the better dramatic actresses. Finally, she go like, I was going out with a girl at one point. We were watching some films together, and she always says, oh, two of the most handsome guys are Eric Edwards and, and uh, you know, in the bike corner. I said, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> now you're both on. <laughs> Thanks. That's nice. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thank you very yeah. much. Hey, let's go to, um, uh, because I was had my mind on other things, uh, I didn't hit the record button when we started, but I got that covered. But I do want to go back to Eric Edwards, who had the initial question for Mike Corner, and let's pick that up. Eric, uh, what's your question for Mike? Or comment? Well, I had I had one more that I that I forgot about. Um, Mike, if you remember correctly, uh, you did a movie, I'm sure you remember, you did a movie called Tangled. And you and I sat in the edit bay. You hired me as your editor. And uh, we went through this. And I was just curious to know whatever happened to that. Um, Tangled. I, that was a movie that I produced, directed, wrote myself. Yep. And yep. Um, I ended up just selling it too oh, i forgot which company it is now but i did really well with it and made a, a good profit and so it sent me on to my next feature which was really nice uh and uh they did one of the nicest box covers i've ever seen too and people, people come up to oh what a beautiful box cover which i had nothing to do with of course um but mm -hmm. uh it turned out pretty good it was a weird movie and at first you were even like what the heck? yes it was yeah yeah was i know <laughs> Myself but I, tangled up in a net the entire movie until the end of the movie. My heroine shows up and she's tangled up in a net too. Yeah, it, it was a very psychological goofy comedy. And it was fun pushing buttons for you. 
because I knew all the equipment and everything, and you'd tell me what to do. That was yeah, fun. I, did, I liked that. I, I did editing later, but I needed you and a couple of other people to kind of, like, help me kind of figure out what to do here. I'm, yeah. I'm facing that same issue right now with, with new material I'm creating, and, oh, boy, I've been, I haven't edited anything for, for 15, almost 20 years, so it's like, okay. Edit, Editing is really fun, isn't it? It is fun, though, if you know what you're doing. If you don't know which button to push, then all you're doing is pulling your hair out and banging your head against the wall. But if you do yep. know what to do technically, then it's a really fun job. Really interesting. It is. Creative as being on a set, for sure. Okay. Well, thanks, Eric, for uh, for picking us back up on that one. I, I wanted to loop back to you because I knew you had a, another good question, so appreciate that. Charles is with us from San Francisco. Charles, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Enjoying some uh, postseason football and hanging out at home and went to the farmer's market and it's nice to talk to you, Mike. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Um, I actually, I went and scrolled through your movies, and it took me like a good 10 to 15 minutes to get to scroll through. Like, that is a very long list. So we're 2,000. Yeah, that's a really long list. And I don't know if you remember this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, as a sort of child of kind of the 70s and whatever, I have to ask you, what was it like playing Mike Brady and not the Bradys? Oh, well, I was in the an eight, just the age that I didn't watch the Bradys. My younger sister was a big Bradys fan, so I kind of saw it and was and knew what was going on a little bit. Uh, so it was a part of their, the, sort of the that time period in history of the 60s, 70s, um, and any of that stuff. I did a number of these. Any of those that I did that were... TV shows that I saw or was really kind of near in some way were always interesting to do because they have a kind of different status. And, and I understand why you want, why producer directors want to do them. They, they bring their own name with them automatically and people like me go, Oh, I remember that. And to see what an, an adult version might be is always really interesting. I did Gilligan's Island and Oh boy, I did, must've done six sex treks. Uh, and a bunch of other movies that were based on television shows. And they were always fun because they were always comedies. And I, I really actually preferred comedies over drama, and but for a few exceptions. I agree. I absolutely, I love the parodies and I just, I think they're hysterically funny. And if, and I think a lot of the parodies are done really well. And it's like, and the acting is really good too. And your acting is awesome. Uh-huh. Thank so. you. Yeah, but, I, I came of age as a as a com comedy actor in porn. I studied on the side, but when I first started acting, my very first movie, a uh, couple movies, I had an opportunity to do something that was funny, and I didn't have the timing, I didn't have the talent, I didn't have the comedy understanding, and I knew it, but I was already studying, and I took I studied for about five years, almost every week, in some kind of class for for comedic specifically stuff because. I found it to be so much fun to do. Every day I got more fun and more easy. Um, and, you know, the parodies are really nice. Now, I, I did see some really crappy written parodies, but I also saw some some beautifully brilliant parody writing, too. I can't remember what his name. Jeff, was it? It was. I remember the guy who did the, you know, the Brady Bunch parodies, and he was really good at... He Jeff was Mullins. Really, I yeah. hope that's his stage name. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. He, but he was really good at doing those kind of parodies. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did a really good uh, uh, directing job. Uh, um, he, I, 
honestly wasn't as good a writer of parodies as several other people, such as Cash Markman. However, he directed him his own scripts, and they always got much better. And he let me play and kind of do some stuff with it. Although the first time he didn't expect me to, he didn't really know me that well when he first hired me. He just said, "Oh, he can do comedy," so he hired me for something. Um, anyway. All right. Oh, I, th I thought you were great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Charles. One of the first parodies that, that I saw that came out was 8 to 4. That was kind of a parody of 9 to 5. That was That's back way there. back, yeah. Yeah, so, um, um, Mike, this is basically our, our group in here, uh, other than the, the adult stars, is people who collect autographs. And, of course, I've certainly picked up a few from you when I was in Portland. Is there a way that we can get... Uh, uh, get you to sign some things if we send them your way or send them to me and I send them out or uh, can we get that done? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I'm still, I'm right in the process of actually trying to set up a, an OnlyFans kind of site. I don't know okay. if that's appropriate for that. Um, but I'm, I'm happy, willing to sign things. Oh boy. I don't think I can give you a really smart answer right this second. Though. Right. Well, we're probably... Um, we're not, I'm not, because I've got your address, but I'm not going to put it out there unless you want it. Yeah, out let's, let's hold off on that. But I, yeah. that may be what I, I'll probably do a post office box or go yeah. through a site at some point. Yeah. But um, uh, if it's okay with you, if, if people can kind of do things for the next uh, few weeks through you, if need be, or, or hold off uh, a few more weeks while I set up this, my first certain personal site at OnlyFans and sure. a couple other places. Yeah, not a problem. But that uh, I've had several questions about that because uh, I've got while well, you were in so many things, I've still got a ton of a, a ton of stuff to send you and and posters and stuff I forgot to take to, uh, to Portland with me. Of course, uh, it's like damn, I had I had these in my suitcase and forgot to take them out. I was so oh okay. Uh, well, we're dealing with Sharon, sometimes you had more in your mind than autographs. So anyway. Yes, right. <laughs> so, um, and let's um, swing things over to. Uh, uh, to Sean Elliott. Sean was a, a star back in the 80s, and he worked with some uh, great gals, Lisa DeLeo and, and Sue Nero, who's going to be watching the replay of this. So uh, a big hi to Sue. She's, uh, oh, yeah. She's watching this. Did you ever <laughs> work with Sue? I did many times. Oh, we okay. never worked. Well, I can't say that, but I don't recall working in any features with her. But Sue and I must have worked 10 times at least in loops together. And that's okay. how I first met her. She and I were both really young kids, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> All my teeth are now in. I guess I can have sex. <laughs> so. And that was one thing, too, is um, I never felt watching your work was like watching a dirty movie. You always had an element of class uh, to your work, and I really appreciate that. So uh, let's go to Sean. Sean, how are we doing? Good, Patrick. How are you? We're doing good. Have... You, you worked with your share of, of stars. Uh, I, I did. Hi, Mike. It's a pleasure to Hi. meet you. Yeah. Um, yeah, my backstory was, um, like you, I, I was um, taking classes and things like that. I was in New York, and I worked from about 81 to about 84. Uh, only did about 11 that I know of uh, that's up there, but I, I, I worked with some really good talent. Everybody, you, I'm sure you worked with Sue a lot, and, and Lisa DeLeo, I, I worked with her a lot. She was a good and, actress um, and fun to work with, yeah. She, she was a doll to work with, a lot of fun. Uh, ballsy chick. Yeah, uh, she was. 
um, Samantha, Stosh, and, and people like that. But um, but I left. But uh, Patrick knows this. I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. So hello, Theo. I see the shirt. And uh, when I knew you were on, because you you earned the status. Uh, I wanted to come on and show my face. So forgive me for walking around because I hear everything you're saying. But I got earplugs on. I'm watching the game and I'm listening to you. But I do have a question because um, I know how I started. And I've asked people this before, like Eric uh, and, and Eric Monty. You started in loops. Is that correct? Like in the late 70s, and uh, from what I understand, from what I've read? Is that correct? Yeah. The, the fast story is I really wanted to give it a try. I was really curious. I was taking acting classes in college and, and did some a little bit of, you know, low end college theater, high school. Um, and mostly I had very little sexual experience, very little sexual experience. So I said, well, why don't I try porn? That might be it. And so <laughs> I looked around and it took a while and I started about 1975 or 76 Finally, in 77, I got to meet um, Paul Johnson, a still photographer in Berkeley, uh, Oakland area. And I was mm -hmm. uh, going to Sonoma State at that time. And uh, he was, you know, I, I stayed in contact with him. And finally, uh, January 78, he gave me a call and said, well, I'll put you in a scene next week if you want. I said, you got me. And that was my first scene. Actually, was a stills. And it was, it, Paul Johnson was a terrific way to start. Very very right, easygoing, right. a gentleman himself, one of the more talented people among photographers. He was the guy that, that his photography went to the Supreme Court back in 72, 73. Um, and he was really a terrific intro to the industry. It wasn't like wasn't you know, he girls, with the girls around or something, because he was as, yeah. as much a gentleman as me, but very sexual, too, which I really yeah. appreciate. And he's always been one of my models over the years of how to act with people. There's only been three or four people I went. I learned a bunch from him. I learned a bunch from Richard Pacheco was one of my heroes when I first started out uh, up in the Bay sure. Area. Um, and so that, that was, it was important that, you know, there was uh, the, I did soon after that, I, I worked for uh, Paul Johnson maybe three times. And the second or third time I, I met an older woman who was working as an agent and she said, Oh, you're going great. If you want some work, I can give it, get you some. And, and she hooked me up with a, about 10 different loop people within a month or two. So within three months after I started, I was working three days a week. So I was, I was commuting down to San Francisco from, from uh, Northern California, you know, an hour and a half drive each way, but I was going to get right. laid and I was going to make money and it was going to the oh, big yeah. city. <laughs> right. 16 so, millimeter, 20 minutes, right? I, I yeah, it was 16 millimeter. So yeah, that's crazy. Oh. Um, wasn't Aunt Peg with uh, Paul Johnson? That name's familiar. Am I thinking of somebody yeah. else? Yeah. Uh, no, I was, I'm, think, I'm thinking. Peg and uh, uh, Julian Anderson. I did work. No, I thought there, I thought there was a Paul Johnson involved with her. But yeah, I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Well, she she did but, work for him. I know she knew him quite well, and she worked for him several times. But I never worked for him with her myself. I got you. I got you. Well, thank you for uh, for sharing this. It's a uh, it's it's cool to be with you. It's pretty neat. Um, yeah, and Annie you. Sprinkle told told you're welcome. You told me when um, I kind of reached back to the, my past. Uh, she said, uh, "I said, you know, I only did a little work for a while," and she said, "Once you do it, you're in a club, man, and uh, you're out there." So I said, "Okay." Yeah. So it's good to meet you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and Mike, we do these every Sunday night, and we're going to have. Uh, 
Annie Sprinkle coming up in a couple weeks and uh, Vanessa Del Rio in a couple weeks. So we, we brought in some stars to, to also be in here as well. Next week, we're going to be having Danny Black. I know there's a few Danny Black fans out there, and uh, he's going to be with us next week. So I'm going to switch over to uh, the guy who's marked Galaxy A0101 or Galaxy 01 and see if he can unmute himself. And we'll, hey there, who's this? David Cole from Facebook. All right, David. Can you hear me, Pat? You bet. What's your question? This is a two, it's a two-part question. One, one for Mike, one for uh, Eric as well. He can answer this one. I'm a big fan of their work. And I, my question for Mike was, I seen his movie with Blake Mitchell, Russian Roulette. That was one of my favorites. And uh, I know he did a scene with uh, Lily Zine, up-and-coming executive. That was another one I watch on uh, X Hamster. And uh, for Eric, I seen this thing on uh, TD Boy's YouTube podcast. That's that's all. I, I could go on forever. <laughs> okay, Mike, you want to comment on uh, some of the stuff you've seen? Well, um, I couldn't. I can't place what you. What was the, the movie you mentioned before? Uh, Blake Mitchell, Russian Roulette. And Lily Exine, up and coming executive. It seems like that was early '90s. Yeah. Um, I remember where I shot it. I don't remember much about it, but I do remember even the. I can see the front of the script with the typing on it, even. But I honestly can't remember much about it. And I remember Lily Exine. Um, uh, at least it was a dark-haired girl. Is that correct? Yes. And yeah. I was I was going to tell you too, Mike, I talked to Ed Powers before on uh, Facebook, you know, a couple of times and he was kind of busy, so I didn't keep him too much, but I'm a big fan of your guys' work, man. You guys are my heroes, you and Eric and TD Boy and Tom Byron. Sure. <laughs> and for uh, Eric Edwards, uh, you were on the TD Boy show here a while back. Say again. You were on the TT Boy uh, podcast a while back. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, four hour long uh, uh, interview. Yeah, but he got a lot out of me. That's for sure. In that four hours. All right. Part hey, let's, one, part uh, two. Let's swing the did David over. have a? Did he have a question? No, he just wanted. To, he just wanted to know how that went with you uh, as far as the TT Boy podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it it it. Uh, hey. He delved into a lot of stuff. I mean, he yeah. went way. Of course, I go way back to the Linda Lovelace days. She was my first in the industry. Wow. So TT um, uh, Boy really uh, dug out a lot of stuff. All right. Well, thanks. In so four much. hours. You bet. Uh, Casey Scott is with us. Casey, it's great to have you here. Yes, good to be here. And thank you for joining us, Mike. What a nice surprise. Thank you. <laughs> um, for Well, also, Eric Edwards, I just have to say I love your sweater. And <laughs> I just had to say that first off. Um, so, Mike, I had questions about two specific women um, that are kind of interesting. The first was Bridget Monet, because, you know, most of Bridget Monet's work is either with women or her husband, Dave Cannon. And you're one of only six other people who ever had a scene with her. And I think you had you're the second highest number of scenes with her. You're right behind her husband. So I wondered, was there, how was that decided that you would have a scene with her? Because it seems like she was very selective with what men other than Dave she would have a scene with. 
So I don't know. Yeah. You remember I, I remember that fairly well. It, the, the, I only worked with her twice. Okay. Um, and it was two very different experiences. The first time was basically she was given some choices and introduced some people on a set and decided I would be okay. And she was wonderful to work with. And she had, we had terrific sex. She's very beautiful. She's a very nice person. Um, she was quite shy and want, quite unsure about what she's doing and do I want to do this? Um, yeah, but it worked out wonderfully. And I was really, really happy that when they, when somebody a couple months later wanted to put me with her as well. Unfortunately, by that time, she no longer really wanted to work with any other men but Dave. Wow. So it was okay. very, very challenging. She was really upset about mm -hmm. working with somebody else and, and even yeah. apologized to me. And, you know, I'm sorry, this is, I, I wish I shouldn't have taken this job and things of that sort. And it wasn't really about me. And she said it wasn't about right. you. It's about my husband and me. Right. So, but the first time she was magnificent, very right. beautiful, really nice great sex uh was totally dedicated totally there for me i mean i thought oh geez that's a day's lucky so <laughs> right. i'm sure he was so. yeah well i think and i think they're still together um as far as i know oh, wonderful <laughs> yeah nice so they, they, yeah they lasted pretty rare time in the industry yes exactly and yeah. the second girl i wanted to ask about is danielle martin who um you were in with in uh, the blonde next door uh in um and sexually altered states i think you're in a scene with her in that as well um daniel martin I'm, i can't place the face she was a she was a very young like bleach blonde with blue eyes and she had a very raspy smoker's voice oh boy i don't know if you remember her because so sorry i know the name that's I just okay can't place the face with her. <laughs> that's okay so i can't yeah, tell I, you much about i wish i'd had i wish i had pictures prepared yeah she's, oh yeah you hold a picture up and <laughs> i know right yeah i didn't i didn't have any pictures with me. yeah she was in uh yeah yeah there was a joe sherman film that she did called the blonde next door where her uh, vaginal excretions were being sold as perfume by ron jeremy and lisa deleo and you were her husband I and, do remember uh, that part of it. Well, that's, a, that, that's really, that is, oh, yeah, okay, but I still can't remember the girl. Right, uh, that's okay, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, 2,000 films, <coughs> how many women over the years, so that's fine. But thank you for sharing your, your memories yeah. of Bridget Monet. She's really kind of kind of an industry enigma. Um, she and, was, because uh, she yeah. was in just a short time, didn't do a lot of stuff, but was very beautiful. And mm -hmm. and I know her, her scenes with her husband were great, and the one scene with me was really really great as well. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know she had worked with six guys. I thought it was only three or four. Uh, yeah, well, I, I thought so too. And then I checked her her stats, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought it was just you for the longest time because I don't remember seeing her in scenes with anybody else but you and David. Yeah. Um, but that's still it's you're still of that rarefied <laughs> number of people uh, that she had a scene with I'm other than David. So I'm pretty sure I worked with her for Caballero, I believe, at that time. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I think so. I, I I'll make a little another comment just so uh it's it's partially me, but it's partially the nature of I I work with at least fifteen hundred women because I did yeah. over two thousand movies. And I've had several times where I've had women walk up to me and say, hi, you remember me? And I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were left. It's so nice right. to see you again. You're and such a gentleman. I'm trying to do it as, as well as possible. But it's happened several times, and I just couldn't place them in the slightest. Right. And, and one, I even recognized the name, and I could place her, and 
I think she's just gotten a lot older, and I didn't recognize her from the 18-year-old <laughs> I, I had a sex scene with, as opposed to now the 38-year-old who put on right. some weight and wrinkles like me. <laughs> right. Well, such a gentleman, as always, Mike. Um, and then, yeah, that tying into what Kathy said before I, you know, turn it over to somebody else, you always struck me as the kind of guy that, like, I think anyone would love to take home to their mother and be like, so this, the, yeah, some, some, like the perfect boyfriend who also is like, he's great in bed. You take him home to your mom. Like he's very loving and caring. And so I think that always came through in everything you did. So nice. thank you. Yeah. It was yeah. intended. Thank, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being here again. Yeah. Well, well, Casey, I took him out for supper. So, I mean, that's, that was almost, you know, Almost good enough. You wind and dined him. I wind and dined him and Sharon, and, and then Sharon later on from, from one gentleman to another, Pat. You're yeah. a gen, you're a gentleman as well. Yeah, and and Sharon laid on his shoulder for most of the time, and and just kind of relaxed. So that was kind of a, a weird deal, but it, it worked out. Uh, Stephen is with Steve. How are we doing tonight? Doing good, Pat. Hope you're hopefully you're doing well as well. Oh, Mike, we're doing good. We got Mike Corner in the house. We're always doing good. Yeah. Mike, thank you for taking time out and uh, sharing some time with us. Yeah. Um, I don't have much of a question because Kathy kind of took the question that I was going to ask and asked you partially. <laughs> so um, it's just good to have you on here. I've enjoyed your performances. Are um, you know like very good comedic actor um, in your roles and stuff. Um, well, is there any one particular of one that really stands out that you were just like yes that was like the best performance i could have given in in a role well there was a number of times i'm almost kind of changing your question what came to mind is there was quite a few situations where i thought i did a great acting job or it was usually based on some something improvised happening going on um and or I did some, you know, more above and beyond the call of duty for a variety of different reasons. And then when I saw the movie, I went, huh, <laughs> what the heck? And really disappointed. I, I did a, you know, I remember doing a sex scene in a, uh, in the night, playing a night in the Canterbury Tales uh, with Hyapatia Lee, who was beautiful and was wonderful to work with uh, when I first worked with her. Um, but whoever edited the sex scene did a terrible job. <laughs> really bad. I was really, oh, no. Because I expected it to be one of the best sex scenes I had done at that point. Because it was very worked very naturally. And we, we shot for about a week up in Northern California. And did stuff with horses and, and a lot of different locations. And uh, um, <laughs> I was taking film classes at the time. And who shows up to play the monk was my film teacher from my, from Sonoma state, which was kind of funny. So, so that was, he didn't know I was doing porn on the side, but he said, Oh, that's fine with me. That's really neat. <laughs> Tell me more about it kind of thing. Um, but you, you don't necessarily know when your acting works out well or not, because I've done some great acting and it was like, Oh no. And I've done some, what I thought was really bad acting and people said, Oh, that was so good. And I went, what? what did you see? Because something was wrong for some reason. I mean, you can go up to set and there could be your fellow talent could be drunk on drugs. The director can be drunk on drugs. The, you know, it could be anything. It could be that all the equipment breaks down. Uh, so things could go really bad, even if you're on the mark 
if one major thing goes bad, it doesn't matter how brilliant you are. It may not come out too good. It may just go like, okay, it's just an average porno movie. And I'm just like, ah, because I went to lots of trouble to do something. Uh, I climbed the side of a building one time, several stories up, doing some really hard climbing. And I was a rock climber in my younger years. And, and I thought, okay, well, this would be great. And then when I saw it, the cameraman had only shot my hands grabbing onto things. I mean, nobody saw that I went up a three-story building, the side of the building at all. So I was like, yeah, okay. So you got to keep in mind, things aren't don't always happen as you think they will. Sure. All right, thanks, Steve. I appreciate you stopping by. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite movies that you did was later in life is uh, uh, the uh, uh, Celebrity Pornhab movie with yeah. uh, uh, Mary Carey and, and a bunch of other stars. And that was just, you narrated most of that too, which was really cool, um, which was really good to see too. It was more, you were in about three different roles. You, of course, the actor, then you were the narrator and, and uh, then you were the sex. It was, non, it was a non-sex role for me, actually. Although right. when I went, I was expecting to do a sex scene. And then at the last moment that was cut. Right. So, but uh, a good, good movie nonetheless. And uh, I don't even think Mary Carey had a sex scene. She had a, a lesbian scene, but she didn't have any. I think that's it. Yes. Yeah. She, she would date a guy that would not allow it, and then they'd break up, and then she'd do it, and then, you know. That's just, what happened. Like, I was supposed to maybe, it was sort of a, I was, I was the, the director hinted, I, I think you're doing a sex scene with Mary, but I we don't know what's happening. And when I got there, it wasn't happening, so. Aaron's with us. Aaron, how are you doing tonight? Good, Patrick. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Excellent. Good, good. It's good to see Eric Edwards, Eric Monty. Kathy, Jose, Sean, and everybody else I know in the room. Uh, Casey, Charles, good to see you guys. Brett, Mike, it's a pleasure. I'm glad that you were a last-minute guest. First, I just want to say humbly, thank you very much for signing the few things that you uh, signed for me when uh, Patrick was uh, visiting you and Sharon Mitchell. Yeah. Got to sign my one of my AFAA posters, and I'm hoping in the near future you'll actually be able to sign another one that I have when you're able to set up the uh, whole thing with him on um, <clears throat> mailing things to and from. Um, so I, I do thank you very much. Also, I think you also signed my Coming of Angels poster as well. So thank you very much uh, for doing that. Uh, I have a two-part question. Uh, first of all, you worked with one of my all-time favorites, and I'm going to jump back into that a little bit. I would love to know what it was like to work with Juliet Anderson. She is, without a doubt, he's actually holding up the index card you signed for me. I almost forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, the Juliet Anderson, um, what, what was it like to work with Juliet? I, I know you worked with her on quite a few projects, including Aunt Peg and what have you. So I really would like to know further. Yes. Um, well, she kind of has a, a unique status. She was a, uh, she became, she and I became lovers and I was still really young and had not really been lovers with significantly older than women, except on camera at that point in time. And I was 21, I think at, at the time. And we did a, a number of different projects. She was always really great to work with. She was very professional She'd been in, in a variety of different professions, as well as even a TV producer herself. 
Um, so she knew what was going on much more than me and was always kind and helpful to kind of like lead the young boy to, in the right direction, which was, which was fine, both sexually and performance-wise. She wasn't really a great actress, but she was so confident about what was happening because she had worked in film production that, you know, I was lost about a lot of things and, you know, she knew what was going on. And so I can kind of cue off her and she was really helpful. Plus she was a really good friend for a while back. Uh, oh boy, 78, 79 uh, before she moved on as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now the, the other part of my question, because Patrick knows I'm going to ask is probably everybody in the room. I'm working on an AVN Hall of Fame XRCO, trying to get everybody the autograph that's on that list. And you can tell that that's going to be a pretty, uh, it's a pretty ambitious project to say the least. Yeah. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask, as far as the AVN or the XRCO Hall of Fame, which one do you categorize has the more weight? Because the XRCO has less people, the AVN has more people but the AVN is more of a brand name. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, the AVN has the brand name and, and the big show it just has more uh, weight to it for sure. Uh, XRCO has kind of, kind of been up and down uh, and has less following, less notice. It doesn't show up on TV as like the AVN awards do. So there's more value to it. It's sort of become, somewhat the Oscars of porn, where the XRCO is sort of uh, more like the Golden Globes or some lower level uh, place. So I would put that as, as, as more noteworthy, but the XRCO certainly is as, as much of a credential for performers as AVN. Uh, it's just that it's not as well known for most people in the world. Gotcha. Even people don't know porn may have, while they were watching TV, run across the AVN Awards, these half-naked girls, what is this on TV? And I don't think the XRCO has any of that going on. No, they don't. The XRCO is not really as flamboyant as the AVN as far as putting their organization out there. So I have to agree with you on that, Mike. And I want to thank you very much for your input, considering... My, My most memorable... Uh, award show actually was though an XRCO show that was done down at the Santa Monica beach at the coldest <laughs> temperature ever recorded for that date. It was 32 degrees on the beach and all the girls showed up in flimsy, cute, sexy things. And we were freezing and I, and I had on three t-shirts underneath my tuxedo stuff and I was freezing and I was looking at Nina Hartley and some of the other women and thinking, these are super women. I couldn't possibly do this. And uh, and uh, finally, the fire marshal came along because somebody had tried to turn on a heater and they closed the entire event down or basically said, we got to turn the heaters off. It's going to set a fire. We all then just basically just went home. But uh, I shivered for three hours looking at the most beautiful goosebumps I've ever seen. I was going to say, I mean, that sounds so rough three hours but you're staring at like just about every young man's to older gentleman's fantasy you know right there at the xrco so i gotta i gotta give that to you and i just want to thank you very much for your feedback mike it's very appreciated considering the absolutely iconic career that you've had in the industry so thank you also for being a part of this zoom session i'm glad i was able to 
to be here a part of this and to listen to your stories. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Theo is with us. Theo, how are you doing today? Good. Good. I uh, I put uh, put the the Bills game sort of in the background so that I could be here when I heard that uh, the Mike was going to be here today. Excellent. Question for Mike. So uh, so Mike, you happen to be in the very first porno that I stumbled across in my dad's collection, the very first one that I ever saw <laughs> as a thirteen year old. So so my question my question for you is, what was it like working with? Um, what, uh, her name just slipped my mind in the movie Temptation. I thought I was the only person that had that problem. Yeah, no, it happens to me all the time. I have ADHD, so I forget like stuff that's always on my mind. So, what was it like working uh, on the movie Temptation with Desiree Lane? So, 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 if I recall correctly, the story is uh, the story of a lustful bride who kind of doesn't really stick with the whole marriage thing like basically after every night of passion with the new lover she needs a new a new person to be with and i think bill wolf directed it oh don't ask me i don't know yeah i can't i i recognize the name of the movie of the director of the girl blonde and i i'm sorry i can't oh wow yeah uh i think maybe 93 no, that was like 80s. That was like early, oh. mid-80s. Well, then I'm getting confused even with something else. But uh, there was a Bob Wolf, but I can't think of a Bill Wolf. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was Bob Wolf. It was Lawrence T. Cole was Bob Wolf. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I did quite a few. I, I did mostly loops for Bob Wolf. Uh, but, uh, boy, I only maybe did one or two features. So this must have been a feature for him. But I didn't do many features for him. He didn't do a lot of features that I was aware of anyway. But I was, when he was doing the loops, I was the young guys and I was still learning how to act. It was really, it was John Leslie and, and Paul Thomas and other people who had been around, uh, you know, I just wasn't the, wasn't a comp competitive actor with Jamie Gillis and other people like that at that point in time. Okay, Great. well, thanks a lot for stopping by. Good luck to your bills tonight. Thanks. You bet. Uh, Zach, let's head over to Zach real quick and uh, check in with you. What's going on? God, I'm now depressed that he, he doesn't even remember having sex with Daniel Martin or Desiree Lane. It'd be like something I would bring to my grave. Um, yes. I may even remember them, but I just can't place them. And I probably masturbated to my own fantasies about them, you know, 30 years later. However, it, may, it doesn't mean I necessarily know them by name. They're just, oh, what, didn't she have a beautiful nipples or something like that? So. Questions, Zach? Uh, yeah, um, I guess I'm in a similar theme to a lot of other guys, but um, who do you think fully did the most scene with? I, I venture, I guess, that it's Shannon McCall, but I, I, will, I would like to find out if you offhand who you did the most with. And I also just want to tell you that, you know, I'm a child of the 80s and just talk is like uh, talking to uh, Don Johnson, Bruce Willis or something, because you're like right out of high school days, not to make you feel yeah. old. Yeah, I, uh, you're, you're a legend. Yeah, well, Shauna McCullough is very noteworthy. She's that other one. I just couldn't remember her name I was mentioning earlier. Uh, uh, Ashton Gear and Shauna McCullough, the ones I both did, in probably 50, 50 movies with each of them, and both of us doing fairly much the lead roles in it because both were really good actresses with training and background experience, 
they were beautiful. They were nice sexually. They were really, I was always lucky if I got to work with them. Um, but, but Shauna McCullough was early eighties where, uh, Astro Gear was early nineties. So it was a different time period. Although I did do a couple of scenes in the nineties with uh, Shauna McCullough again. Um, we even commented, geez, it's like going back to your next husband or something. Um, but, uh, they are kind of like ex-wives when I, you know, work with them quite a lot. We used to make jokes. Oh, my husband's here. My you know, that kind of thing. Because uh, we work so often. Sometimes we work two or three times in a week together, which, uh, which is always fine in both their cases. They were both beautiful and they were both there sexually. And so I count them as, as, the, as among the, the two women I was really, really lucky to meet and work with. So, so you have good taste. <laughs> All right, Zach, thanks a lot for stopping by, and I'll let you get back to your football game, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, Eric Motti wanted to chime in one more time and ask a couple questions here. I'm on mute. Yeah, I, I hit the wrong button there. So, Eric, go ahead. I'm on mute. I wanted to ask this question of the other male performance for a while. I keep forgetting. So do, to you, uh, Mike, and to Eric Edwards, if you want to chime in on this. I, I haven't been in like a 1,000, but I've been in the 100, and the area I'm from, Kathy, can I... You're cutting out, Eric. Yeah, I lost the sound. Yeah, I, you're you're cutting out. I can't hear you, Eric. Uh, I still can't. I still have to unmute him again. Yeah, it's not coming through here. Sorry. No. Uh, It'll come back. Can you hear me now? Yep, yep. There we go. But I come from an area like Kathy can identify with it, an Italian-American area, South Philly. It's kind of like Brooklyn, so people are very... I really faced a lot of social stigma from, from people like I was at college with and family, cousins. Like I'm, I'm invited to things, but they're very aloof with me. Have you guys ever faced that, Eric or, or Mike or whatever, anybody? I mean, it, you know, it, it makes me feel bad in a way, but I faced a lot of it. You know, I, you know, there are people are not. No, I, I don't quite understand, but was your, your, your dealing with uh, uh, ethnic prejudice or dealing with anti-porn no, 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 prejudice? No, no. No, no, the being, being the Italian Americans, the way they are very traditional, mind, you know, Catholics and stuff. That's why I mentioned that. That's why I say Catholic to understand that, not ethnic, but I mean, that I've been in adult films. You know, here's a guy that went to college, and now he's an adult. And so my family's kind of a loop with me, Eric, you know, and uh, Mike, they're, they're not real close. I mean, I find a certain barrier up there. So have you guys ever faced that at all? Was everything just totally normal, or am I, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I face it in my seventh decade. I still face it. <laughs> well, I, th I think the the barriers related to porn have never really fallen. They've dropped lower after the eighties and, and when things became really so mainstream because of video. Um, however, still there's so many negatives related to porn. I still know to this day when I deal with people, I have to be careful about mentioning what I've done, who, who I am. Um, I kind of look at, you know, is it a little old lady? Is it a woman versus a man? Um, there's a variety of things that way that kind of, I, I don't think things have really changed tremendously. Porn still has a lot of uh, unfavorable media, uh, mostly incorrectly, sometimes correctly, but mostly not really so. It's mostly just a, an ignorance as it is a bunch of other things. You know, people believing something is the case when it's really not how things are. I've had so many times, geez, those poor girls abused the way they were on sets. And I was I never had, I was never on a set with, with anything like that, that I know of. 
You know, yeah. I had a few times where the girls were abusive, but um, and I had a few a few times where a director was abusive, but it was sort of a personal thing going on. It wasn't really about porn or sex. It was because they were having a fight for power or something like that. Um, but the the kind of cliche of porn of of being abusive of women. Uh, that was one of the things that I was really wanted to see. What's what's going on here? You know, I don't. I hadn't seen a lot when I got in it in seventy seven, seventy eight, and and immediately I go, oh, this is nothing like what people think it is. Exactly. Um, you know, it's very simple, straightforward, low end movie making, but uh, I do know and have heard from some women of about some situations and bad things, but. Uh, it's not it's just not what that negative and uh, yet we we all anybody who's been a performer i would be surprised if you or eric or anybody else you know walk down the street and you know meet somebody and says oh what do you do for a living what did you do for a living the first thing out of our mouth is not going to be i was a porno star it's we're using you know you know kind of weigh out who they are and what's happening before you'll st- begin talking about that there may be some exceptions to that but mm-hmm. I still know the negatives and I know, still know that's difficult. Uh, uh, I, I do want to say it's somewhat related to your thing. When I first thought your question was about ethnic stuff, um, I could see fairly early on that a, as a handsome young white man, I had a lot of privilege and a lot of opportunities because I became friends with some of the, the uh, Hispanic and black women and men they had a very different experience um, and were not when it didn't have the opportunities. Uh, and it was kind of an odd thing. And I wasn't really, hadn't really thought about it for years until I started to have some, some, some minority friends on sets and such. Um, but uh, there is a, there is a, an issue there for the industry always has been some of it's our sexual stuff. Some of it's political things related to Southern distribution it's not, it's not simple. It's quite complicated, but yeah. uh, certainly I got some favorable things, but in porn in general, there's a, be careful who you talk to and how you talk to them. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Anything there? I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I'd imagine. like to hear from Eric too, myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, I couldn't have explained it better than that. I know exactly how you feel and I, I know I've been there got the postcards and t-shirts i think i think uh one of the uh uh the things that i remember most was uh, at an award show in uh, i think it was in downtown la back in the uh back in the 80s early 80s and um, they had a lot of protesters at signs and um, the police had to hold them back because they got so violent. And that was kind of an interesting uh, experience, getting out of the limo and trying to get inside. Yeah. I remember that. There's a lot of of, uh, media and public relations stuff for for political anti-sex, sometimes religious, sometimes other reasons that goes on. And it uh, it really... uh, that I was quite aware of that, and I kept that in mind when I was when I was working. That that uh, and it did affect me as a performer. It made me think I do want to show a a nice person. I want to show a gentleman. I want to smile. 
which I got teased for because sometimes I was conscious about it. I wanted to, to show that this is, this is a normal thing and sex is normal despite what some people have some very negatives about sex in general, but then they kind of superimpose those onto porn as well or, or put them together. Uh, but I think that's more about their own personal issues than it is about any real serious religious or philosophical doctrines. All right. Well, we got one more question. We're going to save this for Dan. Dan, uh, one more question for Mike before we let him go tonight. Oh, this is actually for Eric, Pat. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Eric, uh, I see the movie scene you did with uh, Tracy Adams. I think it was she was a call girl or uh, what you call it. You guys were in an office or a bedroom. It was from the uh, 80s or 90s, it might have been. Do you remember that scene at all, Eric? Uh, not really. Tracy Adams? Yes. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. Uh, do you have a title? It kind, no. It was kind of set up like Mike. Mike did a scene like that, too, where they were in a bedroom. It was one of those 90s, uh, mid early 90s movies. You know, Mike did one. It was called Mike's Maid. You know, she played as she's wearing a maid's outfit. Okay, well, I'm going to have yeah, to look that up. Eric Eric and Mike, I'm from Toledo, Ohio. You guys ever been over this area? Or you familiar with Toledo? I've, I've never I've flown over Ohio in an airplane. That's as close as I've gotten. <laughs> but I do remember Tracy Adams quite well. We worked quite often. In fact, we, we traveled in Europe together at one time uh, for a week or so, working on a couple of different feature projects in Germany and Italy. Um, so we got to be kind of better friends. Uh, and she was always good to work with. She was always real beautiful. Um, she was definitely more into women than she was men, and she let, she let me know as a friend. I didn't know it for years, but as we got to be good friends in Europe, um, she, you know, we, I got to know her personally in different ways, and, and uh, uh, I liked working with her, and I always, it was always really nice. Uh, probably last time I worked probably would have been very early 90s, though, 91 or 2 in Germany. So it's been a long time since I've seen her. Well, I did see her show, though. I saw her show about 15 years ago, and she gained a little bit of weight, but she was still a beautiful woman, definitely. All right, good enough. Uh, one question that I do have uh, that got called in here from Dan. Uh, what's Mike's most memorable memory of the late soft-spoken golden-haired goddess Missy? Oh, Missy, yeah. Um, well, I work with Missy. Um, and she had a, she was like some others had this different times and different periods and different experiences happening. And early on, she was really wonderful to work with and beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, I really liked her, her boyfriend. We got along as friends. We were both EMTs, uh, at that time on the side of porn. And, uh, so it was really nice. Um, and she was really there. I mean, I was really kind of like, wow, because she's a beautiful girl. As she started having some problems and difficulties later, so working with her was not as much fun later in her career. And, in fact, I tried to hire her for a movie that I produced and directed, and and uh, she eventually just couldn't show up because she just couldn't do it emotionally. Uh, and that was the, and that's the last time I saw her or spoke to her. Um, but she was she was on her way out of the industry for sure at that point anyway, and I knew it. But uh, I'd always liked her because she's a really nice person. Even when she had some challenges in life, she was a really nice human being kind of sure. thing. So yeah. that was nice. 
And let's wrap things up with Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I was just trying to piggyback on the film that Eric Edwards did with a Tracy Adams, but it's not the same Tracy Adams. The uh, film that uh, he did with a Tracy Adams was called Bella back in 1980, but it's not the it's it's not the legendary Tracy Adams. So I just wanted to uh, <clears throat> clear that up for Eric Edwards so that he wasn't confused about that the whole night. Because uh, I would have known if he worked with the legendary Tracy Adams, and that did not ring a bell. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, Mike, we certainly had a fun time with you, and we'll certainly be in touch with, with the autograph stuff later on. But, again, fantastic that you could make it, and uh, we'll get Jessica Darlin back in in a couple of weeks and, and get her here. Uh, Danny Black is our guest next week. And then uh, we're, instead of Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to have a show on – uh, the day before, and that is going to be where the legend will tell you about uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday this week. He's got to check a schedule, and then we'll know. So, again, Mike. I would like to say one last thing, if I could. You bet. Yeah. I have always been sort of a little bit on the side, did some writing and producing the last 15, 20 years, but uh, this year I'm going to be producing a couple of other uh, uh, low-end features once again, uh, somewhat up here, some down in Los Angeles, uh, uh, they tend to be, of course, older men, younger women situations, but uh, I'll be back around doing a little bit of work again. So there'll be some things, uh, mostly that I'll sell myself at a couple of sites like uh, OnlyFans and uh, some of the others as well. So keep your eyes open. You please. Okay. We'll certainly post those links when we get them, and, and uh, I'll invite Mike into the group uh, if he wants to participate. That's great, too. So you can always see sure. what's going yeah. on with everybody else. And again, we, we have these... Uh, Zoom sessions every Sunday night, four o'clock your time, Mike, and and I know we have that you're a Zoom virgin today, so we we broke that cherry for you. I'm glad your friend helped you out on getting you set up tonight. Yeah, thank you. You bet. All right, that's going to do it for our show tonight. Thanks everybody for stopping by, and we'll talk to you next week.